What is up, everybody, and welcome to Mysteries with Mommies. I am your host, Angie Thompson, and with me is my gorgeous co-host, Kristen Bakke. Kristen, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. It is the last week before our Christmas break, so I am in great spirits. I've also had some margaritas tonight with my very handsome husband, so I'm feeling a little bit frisky. Yeah, I didn't wasn't going to say anything, but I had a feeling there was something going on. There was two margaritas on the rocks that were going on, oh. if that's what you're talking about, wink, wink. It was, and before we get any further, I do want to introduce our special guest tonight, Sarah. She is from, um, I know her from the True Crime, I haven't been drinking, um, True Crime and Cocktails fan page on Facebook. Sarah, how are you doing? Hi, thanks for having me. I'm doing great. So, Sarah, I asked you to come uh, be a guest on our show, and I know absolutely nothing about you. Where are you coming from tonight? Uh, So, currently, I am in Southern California. Ooh, nice. How's the weather out there? We're getting kind of cold here. It's a little bit chilly, but for the most part, you know... You don't need no jacket or anything. A little bit chilly. What does that mean? Yeah, what is a little bit chilly for you? Uh, <laughs> a little bit chilly for us is like in the 60s. I I know that's pretty nice, though, because I used to live on the East Coast, and those winters were brutal. Yeah, it's going to be like 12 here on Friday. 12. Yeah, but yeah, I would not survive that. Yeah, I'm not going to survive either. I'm not leaving my house or getting out of bed. Don't tell my no. husband. No. I mean, I might move into the couch. Mm, it depends on if I have a Snuggie on. Maybe with a Snuggie. Uh, I don't own a Snuggie, so no, I'm not leaving my bed. Oh, okay. Yeah. You need to get those heated blankets out. Ooh, I don't have one of those either. <laughs> oh, those are wonderful. I have them in a heating pad. That no, it is a must-have. <laughs> Flannel sheets and a heated blanket. Okay, so I have a couple days left to get prepared then. That's true. So, um, before we get, get into anything, Kristen, I do want to ask you, because we have not talked since, how was your field trip with the kindergartners? Oh my god, it was so good. They had so much fun, and they learned so much, and they were all still talking about it, like, the next day. They were telling me how much fun they had. Um, so I was very excited that, that it meant that much to them. I think they had a lot of fun on the bus. Because we had an amazing bus driver. She's actually the parent of one of my kiddos. And she drove us. And she played Christmas music. And so, like, I had to sing the whole way. And I danced. And the kids found that to be hysterical to watch me. Because I don't dance very well. But it amused them. So, it was really good. Well, good. So, you brought everyone home, right? No one lost? Nope. No one got lost. I only had two kids that ran from me. Like, legit ran from me. Um, but I ran after them and they did not make that mistake again. So we're good. good. I, I wouldn't run from you. No, you shouldn't. You would run towards me. Of course. I always do. Of course. Of course. Now, Sarah, Kristen and I are both in the wonderful world of education. What do you do? Um, I actually work for a very magical world myself. I work at Disneyland. You do not. I do. I am a cast member there. What? Questions. (laughs) 
we're gonna have to talk after i turn this recording off yeah absolutely so, questions it's stuff that i've heard oh my god oh i have lots of tales <laughs> yeah you do all right sarah me and you best friends okay <laughs> so kristen and i'll be by in march for spring break to come see you. <laughs> Let me put that in my calendar. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I've never been to the one in California, only the one in Florida. I okay, well, once. the California one's a lot smaller, so just be prepared for that. So I could probably do it in less time, is what you're saying? Yes. That would be something I would enjoy. So this is good. Okay. Yes. We'll set a, we'll set a date after we get through with our podcast. We will. Yes, we will. <laughs> we will do that. So can you get us and in? And we will be hosting us and we will be sleeping at your house. Yeah. <laughs> I'll mark it right now on the calendar. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Get that get that air mattress out now. <laughs> wow, Disney. You know, why are y'all? Well, I guess it's not you, but I heard they were upping the prices, the tickets again. I, I mean, yeah, obviously I have nothing to do with that. The only thing that we could guess is because of the pandemic and everything, and they just yeah. need to keep raising the prices. But mm-hmm. honestly, personally, I think the prices are already at a pretty high rate. I think yeah. we should be cutting people a break. I agree. And I think I people are using the pandemic way too much years after it's happened. They need to, they need to calm down with all that. Yeah. Yeah, yep. I went to Disney World in Florida, and for five days it cost me $10,000. What? Ooh. Dang. Yeah. And Jenny to borrow some money. Sounds like girl, I don't have any. Disney has it. She used it all. Yeah, Disney. (laughs) (laughs) Go ask Mickey for that money because I don't have it. Mickey. Yeah, we got so many questions now that we know you work at Disney. I'm actually writing them all down with one of those really cool pens I got for my birthday. (laughs) Do you want to tell the (laughs) listeners what those pens were since... Am I allowed to say that word? We say that word all the time. My amazing friends at work got me a set of like 12 ink pens that all have some kind of FU message on them. They're all a variety of them. I won't say the actual words. I don't offend anybody. But they're amazing. I have one in every room of the house. And a bunch of them in my kids' homework canister where they go to get their pens and pencils for homework. Because I'm a really cool stepmom like that. I share my FU pens with them. That's nice. Yeah, it's not. They don't. They don't really. I don't think they really know what they mean because they're like really good, like little Christian school kids. But whatever. It's fine. I've, it's entertaining to me. It is. It's funny. It's funny to me too. So it's funny to me. It makes me laugh. It makes me laugh that I'm writing with one right now. So it's funny. I wish I had one to use for work. Ooh, I can get you some. I can get you some. I'll get you the one that says F right off. I'll get you that one. Thank you. Appreciate that. You no problem. Sarah, yeah. you let me know which one you want to take to Disney with you. <laughs> I, I'm sure that will go over great. You want the one that says F off on busy? <laughs> That's a good one, actually. <laughs> I got you, girl. I'm going to hook you up with some F U pens for Disney. <laughs> oh, man. I can't believe you work for Disney. <laughs> Like I'm, that's, I'm hanging on that. <laughs> I, grew up, I grew up Disney, everything Disney. I actually, you know what? I just, right before we got on here, I watched that live action Beauty and the Beast special. I've not seen that yet. It was good. I enjoyed it. 
Um, but the only thing is, when they sang Beauty and you know, Shy Twain was Mrs. Potts. And to me, no one should be Mrs. Potts other than Angela Lansbury. Yeah. But, Shania, you know, she passed away. Sound like that. Yeah, they did do a nice little thing on the screen, though, that showed when the song was done, that showed a, one of Angela Lansbury's pictures and then the cartoon oh, Mrs. Potts. Good tribute. Yeah. So. It was good, though. It was one of the better ones, live action, you know, the cartoon to live action ones. So I recommend it if you have Disney Plus. I like it. Yeah, I have Disney Plus. I like it. Yeah, yeah, it's on my list of things to watch. Is it? It's good. You won't regret it. It's about an hour. Um, oh, it's not bad. No. So it wasn't, like, too long. Because, you know, some of them, they go on too long. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay... No, I'm done. But this one did a good job of mixing stuff. So, so I did that. That was the highlight of my day, really. Because um, unlike you, Kristen, I did have off today. We got off yeah, uh, Friday. Yeah. The highlight of your day should be talking with us. Okay, well, before that. The highlight of your day in this <laughs> moment. Yes. Okay, okay, that's yeah. better. Yeah. I'm sorry, I should have clarified that. Make sure I'm not going to send you one of these pens for a different <laughs> F you. F you. Yeah, that's the one I'm on with right now. <laughs> okay, so I, Sarah, Kristen, and I were supposed to record. The goal was to do two episodes tonight with the holidays. I dropped the ball. I only got through one just because I kind of became obsessed with this case tonight. I didn't have time to find another one. But this one's crazy. I'm ready for it. Are you ready? Are you ready, Kristen? You'll know that. I am. The crazier, the better. It's a local case. A local? Local. And the I way... Like I, around here? Uh, yes. Like, one of the other librarians that I work with uh, told me the name, and so I finally got around to looking at the name of this poor woman, and um, it's it's really crazy. So I thought this would be a good episode, and there are going to be a lot of I feel like WTFs from you, Kristen. Can I say no? I'll just say WTF. Okay, go ahead. No, you can say it. It's fine. I put the explicit warning on this, <laughs> <laughs> so it's not made for children. Because sometimes we say bad words, so. That's just my normal lingo. That's just how I talk. It's really hard whenever you try to teach children at school that in your mind you're wanting to say other words. And sometimes I do. Yeah, that's why I have the pens. Yeah. So, all right. So we're going to get going so that we can get you to your ornament making. I don't. Yeah, that's right. You're making some ornaments for your babies, huh? For my babies. Gotta make them some sweet little treats. Okay, so here we go. All right, so this one is about Kathleen or Kathy Garza. She was. I know that name. How do you know that name? I've worked with a Kathy Garza. Keep going, keep going. Okay. So she was born July 15th. 1959 in Montecito, Minnesota, to Bernard and Ruth. Her shit. Her it looks like her shit, but I know that's not it. 
Did you say bird shit? It's K I R S C H T. Kirst? Kerr. Okay. Kerr. I don't know. I'm sorry. Okay. No, it's okay. Um, she graduated Monticello, Monticello High School in 1977, and she went on to the University of Texas Arlington and graduated with honors with a Bachelor of Business Administration and Information Sciences degree. Uh, she did graduate with high honors. She was an active member of St. Anne's Catholic Parish. She had two sons and two daughters. In, on January 7, 1978, she married Curtis Anderson in Minnesota. However, they divorced on March 9, 1994. They had one daughter and one son together. Then in 1995, Kathy married Raul Garza on May 13th, and they had a son and a daughter together. So Kathy was a teacher at a local school district in the DFW area. It's um, Coppell School District. Hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, she was a local teacher and she met, when she was working, she met a man named Leroy Frank Telgren who was born October 10th, 1934, in Nebraska. He was a little harder to find information about, or it was really confusing, and you guys are going to see later. But initially, he married Sharon Kielman on September 3rd, 1976, and then they divorced on February 16th, 1982. Then, at some point, he married another lady, but she passed away in 2008. Okay. But when I get to his residence, is we're going to see Sharon come back up again. Okay. So, here we So, Leroy worked as a bus monitor for Coppell ISD. So, that's how they got to know each other. She was an educator at the middle school, a teacher at the middle school. Um, and then he was a bus monitor, so I guess they ended up knowing each other that way. Okay. And so they had known each other for about five years, and Leroy started asking Kathy for help with some of his businesses. He said he had three businesses that he was, like, trying to work on, and so he said, hey, I need your help. So um, they were friends for five years, like I said. And uh, Kathy's husband, Raul, said that Kathy saw Leroy as a father figure because he was, I think, 74, 75 when this all happened. So she, you know, he was older, so she saw him, you know, he reminded her of her dad. So she's like, oh, yeah, I want to help you anything, you know, I can do. Well, about Leroy's home. So he lived in a nearby neighborhood called, or nearby city called Carrollton. And his last, now Sarah, this is not going to mean a thing to you, but Kristen, I'm going to get a reaction here. His last address that he lived at was on Arbor Creek Drive. What? <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. And for for Sarah and all of our listeners, um, that's actually the street that our workplace is on. Oh, whoa. Yeah, that's so like very a, familiar. <laughs> very close to home. Very exciting. Yeah, so, and um, some of our friends, mutual friends at work, um, I don't want to say any names who had lived in the neighborhood during that time, they didn't even remember. Really? So this is in the back part of the neighborhood, um, okay. not the part where, you know, our, our school is at, but okay, seems like a big thing that they should know. They're like, oh, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, unless it wasn't really made public that much. Uh, Cover-ups. Yeah. Yeah, the the police didn't say much about it at the time. See? That's Uh, shady. So one interesting thing about Mr. Leroy is that he was a high priest of the Dallas Freemasonry chapter in 2009 okay and that's when all of this went down it was 2009 have we looked up the free mason oh no we learned about that in social studies right yeah and I i did have to refresh my memory a little bit about that um because it's been a while since i read like the da vinci code and stuff yeah you know that's where it's mentioned So Freemasonry encourages each man to worship and further their relationship. I got this from the website, by the way, the Dallas chapter website, with God, but it does not dictate a path of salvation as this is left to a brother's church, temple, or mosque. And their saying is the brother of man under the fatherhood of God. Okay, wait, what? The brother, oh, say, uh, the brother of man under the fatherhood of God. Okay. So basically, I mean, I didn't realize it had that much of a religious tone to it. Um, but I guess it does. And he was, like I said, a high priest, so I'm not sure how he felt about his actions that I'm about to tell you about. But on April 16th, 2009, uh, Kathy and Leroy met at a local Market Street grocery to have some coffee. And they were seen on surveillance around 9 o'clock a.m. getting into Leroy's truck. And he had a dark green Chevy S10 extended cab with a Masonic Lodge insignia. So it's a pretty distinctive truck with that um, Mason Lodge sticker on it. Yeah, definitely recognizable. Yeah, you would remember that. Um, So her husband, Raul, knew that that she was going to meet Leroy. They did it a lot. Again, you know, they had been friends for five years. So he didn't hear from her by the end of the day. So his first instinct was to call Leroy. And Leroy said, oh, no, I last saw her at 10 o'clock at Market Street, and I don't know where she is. Hmm. Yeah. So um, uh, 
Raul calls the police and you know, says, my wife is missing. I know she was meeting with this Leroy guy and I haven't heard from her. So the police actually go to his house on Arbor Creek Drive and are talking to his wife. Well, they say his wife. I'll get into that later. But we're talking to his wife. He shows up at about 11.30 p.m. that night. And he again says, I don't know where she is. I left about 10 o'clock this morning, and I don't know where she is. However, when they searched his vehicle, they found Kathy's purse and large sections of foam cut out of the seat, and both had appeared to have blood on them. Oh, that's suspicious. That's a dead giveaway. Yeah. He's been all day. He left Market Street at 10 a.m. and he doesn't get home till 11:30 at night. What's he been no, doing? 9 a.m. He lied. He says 10, but surveillance said it was nine. That's it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, and just <laughs> a little like side note, going off track. If you kill someone in your car. It's a little obvious if you're starting to cut big pieces out of the seat. But, uh, yeah. Like, remove the whole seat. or Right, seat how obvious it. could you be? That's also obvious if you remove the whole seat. <laughs> well, but, put, a, put a seat cover on it. Go to Walmart and buy a seat cover. <laughs> yeah. How about don't do a murder in your car? <laughs> just like, we just don't kill people at all. Well, yeah. No. That's true. That's true. <laughs> So, um, they immediately arrested him because they obviously had probable cause with that. And at the station, when they did a search, they found her watch and two rings in his pocket. Oh, you had, yeah, you had to take her jewelry off of her. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, the next day they're searching the area around his house and they found a trash bag with... The missing pieces of foam, fabric, seatbelt, and a denim jacket that belonged to Kathy in a trash bin about a mile from his house. And they were all stained in blood. Like, did they like if it's like a lot of blood or like some droplets? No, like a lot. A lot. Okay. Well, so okay, much. First off, to... like, if you're going to dispose of something, why are you going to do it that close to your house? Yeah. Come on. And like... <laughs> Put it in multiple locations or something, not with her stuff too. Like, like come on. He's a papa. He doesn't know. He's all. <laughs> I guess we can use that as an excuse. <laughs> he didn't know any better. Uh, uh, so he was being held on a million dollar bond. And the uh, Kathy's family, her husband in particular, Basically, I mean, it was obvious that he had killed her, and, you know, they said, his husband, her husband said, oh, well, you know, that's great, he's arrested, that he's not going to get out because it's a million dollar bond, but where's my wife? And Leroy was not talking. Oh. I mean, once you've been caught, just, just tell where the body's at. Yeah, I mean, you already... They know you did it. There's evidence exactly. without the body. You're not getting out of it. Just at just... least give the family some closure. I know that's selfish. Well, the thing about that is, uh, Raul thinks that Leroy was falling in love with his wife, 
and she's like, or, you know, he was like, that's ridiculous if they had any kind of relationship other than friends because my wife doesn't see him like that. Um, mm-hmm. But he had very strong feelings with her. And he actually had tried this same thing with several other women. And they were like, dude, no. Um, I'd be pretty pissed off if I was his wife, which we're, we're going to get to, right, which one that is. Well, let me explain. This is part of what took me so long. So I tried two different background check websites, and I paid for them. So, like, I got all the info. Ooh, that's exciting. And it said that, okay, so he married his first wife, Sharon. They got divorced in 84. Then the next thing, like, in his big life event, it said that his other wife, Phyllis, died in 2008. I could not find, I looked on Ancestry.com, I looked on all the public records, I could not find a marriage record of him and Phyllis. Hmm. And when you look at his, like, where he lived, his locations, the Curtin house, just not to go too far back, but the house he lived in on Arbor Creek, it goes back from, like, the 90s, and it was, like, he owned it. And then Sharon, the first wife, owned it. And then they both owned it. And it kept going back and forth all the way up through until he was arrested. So that would be like from them like remortgaging it, maybe? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But it's just, but sometime between 1984 and 2008, he had married someone else. Right. And was supposedly living in this house with Sharon. So where's the other lady? Oh, so, yeah, so Shannon was still living there at the same time that he was supposed to be married to this other woman? From the records, yes. Well, but you could have your name on a house and not live there. Yeah, you could. Or vice versa, like, you know, like Matt, like I moved up here and in with Matt, and Matt's name is on the house that mine's not, and I live here. Yeah, but say you and Matt get divorced, are you going to co-own that house well, no, for the no, next 20 I years? I don't co-own it now. However, well, if you did it was bad where she couldn't get her name off of it, or his, because he would have to have refinanced it to put it just in his name, and if his credit wasn't good or he couldn't afford the down payment to do that, Maybe he worked out something so that his wife's name could just stay on it. Yeah, I don't know. Because they weren't weren't married when they bought the house. Because mm-hmm. they got bought that house. And they had the same residence in Texas pretty much the whole time. Like, she was from Texas. Sharon was from Texas. He was from Nebraska. Mm-hmm. But they had lived in the DFW area. They had the same address listed after they were divorced. Well, that could just be her being lazy and not going to change and stuff, too. I kind of feel like that part, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that are kind of iffy or in the air, just depending upon people's credit or jobs or, you know, personal preference. And maybe they were still good friends, and so he didn't care if she still used his address. Yeah, that could be, too. They could, at some point, they could have even, you know, had it as a rental property, I guess. I don't know. 
But from what I can tell, when they were talking to his wife, it was Sharon. So maybe they got back together. Maybe. maybe After Phyllis. No, that could be too. I don't know. It was very confusing, and a lot of it was, I couldn't find a lot of information about it because um, Sharon is still alive, so a lot of things were still private. Well, we should have had her on the show. I, well, she still lives there. What? <laughs> wow, you guys could have went right on down. I know. <laughs> on my lunch break after the holidays. A hey, follow-up interview. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. We'll get her side of the story. Yeah. Yeah, as long as last I could see that it was still in her name. So, sure, yeah, I guess yeah. I can walk down there at lunch one day. Not by yourself. Just, you know. You don't, you don't know what took place there. Not by yourself. Yeah, not, it, let's not go to a murder <laughs> house by yourself. I the next episode. <laughs> Sarah takes over in, for my, my spot. <laughs> So, anyway, so we got a little distracted, but, so she's seen leaving with him, and, like, he's just lying back and forth. I mean, he just, he can't keep his story straight. He says, oh, you know, I was here at 10 o'clock, I was here at 11 o'clock. Well, they have his toll tag, so they had cameras at the toll booths. They could ping his cell phone. So basically all that information did not match up to what he was saying. And at one point the prosecutor said, I was sitting in a room with that man for four and a half hours and I don't know what was a lie and what wasn't. Oh. So. He's really good at twisting stuff. Yeah. And the way he kind of wrangled Kathy in to all of this is he said, okay, I have these three businesses, and I'm getting older now, so I need some help running them. And he said one was a ranch that raised and trained horses in Collin County. Another one was that he owned a company that made rodeo ropes in Granbury. And another one was that he had a landscaping company. I believe they verified all these businesses. And they were all made up. Awesome. The only financial, the only thing he actually owned was the house that was in his name. Hmm. So none of those checked out. And Raul did say that Kathy loved horses. So he thinks that Leroy played on that Mm -hmm. and was like, oh, yeah, I have a horse ranch and we make rodeo ropes and stuff like that. But he said whenever him and Kathy were supposed to go to the ranch or to the office that he supposedly rented, um, something would come up. Like, all of a sudden, there would be a phone call, and they would have to turn around, or he'd have to cancel and reschedule. So it always of seemed... Of course. Yeah. Yeah. They, they said at, at one point, they got, like, 10 minutes from the ranch, and he got a call, and they had to turn back. Mm. So... And the ranch was a county over from where they lived. So, I mean, it was probably a good at least hour drive. And then all of a sudden, 10 minutes before you get there, it's like, oh, we got to go. So um, Raul had a feeling that this was not, 
that all these businesses were made up. He said that Leroy had too much free time to be in charge of all these businesses. So he like started to think about that. And again, like I said before, he did try this excuse with other women, but they kind of saw through his lies and were just like, no, leave me alone. There were at least three or four other women he tried this with. So the weekend before Kathy disappeared, um, Leroy actually said um, that he got a call that his brother in Colorado had died, so he had to work on funeral arrangements. Well, after Kathy could not be found, her husband went ahead and called the brother in Colorado, and he actually answered the phone. Wow. From beyond the grave. That's a pretty bad lie to be telling about your family members. That's terrible. It's like wishing bad things upon them. Yeah. <laughs> and how do you how do you say, um, hello, can I speak to like John? Well, this is John. No, you're dead. No, you're dead. <laughs> I know, what a shocker. <laughs> yeah. So um so please obviously know that Leroy did it. They have this evidence. They actually saw surveillance photos at a toll booth. Um, they saw Kathy in Leroy's car in a toll booth surveillance cam from that was going north into Oklahoma on I-75 slash I-69. Those were the two highways. But basically, it's the highway that goes straight from the DFW area up into Oklahoma. Mm. Is that where our other friend was at? Yes, and that, that was that same road mm-hmm, that Benita was. That I'm thinking I might need to drive up there this week. Hmm. Um, so they know he had her in the car at some point up near Oklahoma. And so finally he just said, yes, I killed her. Hmm. He finally admitted it. And in, so he was arrested in April, and at the end of April, they offered him a plea deal. They said, we'll give you a sentence of 20 years, but you need to tell us where Kathy is. And he said no. <gasps> what? That's horrible. So the search is, like, ongoing. And I don't know why I don't remember this case, because it, probably would have been a big deal because they were basically working with Oklahoma police. And at one point, remains were found in Oklahoma that were thought could have been Kathy's, and they ended up not being. So they had nowhere to look other than somewhere between um, Coppell and Oklahoma, which is probably, what, like a good two-hour drive? Along the highway, stretch of highway. Well, why would you admit to doing it if you weren't going to just follow up and say where it's at? Like, you've already said, yeah, I did it. So just say where she's at. It's just very selfish reasons. That's the only thing I could think of. Because, I mean, you're already admitted to the crime. So what is the point of not saying where the body is? Maybe he doesn't remember. <laughs> well, oh my just... he does. Oh, he does. Okay. He does because in October, so like about six months, six and a half months after 
No, not that much. May, June, July, August. Yeah, six and a half months after Kathy went missing, he asked for a plea deal. He said, is there still a plea deal available? So I think at that point he was like, yeah, I'm not getting out of this. So they offered him 15 years to tell where the body was, and they did run that by Kathy's family first to say, you know, it's murder. We understand 15 years doesn't sound like a lot, but the prosecutors and Kathy's family felt like at 75 years old, that was pretty much a death sentence for him. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like 15 years every year without late in life is, yeah, I mean, you're, you're going to die in prison. And yeah. at least then you could get the satisfaction of no, well, not satisfaction, but at least you could get that closure of, you know, knowing what happened exactly. and where her body is at. Yeah, and I think that's what they were, that's what they considered when they said, no, it's fine. So at first, he said, check off of a location, they didn't say exactly where, off of I-45. Well, he lied. Because his car was seen on 75, so two different highways, close together, but not, not the same highway. So he lied that first time. So the cops come back and they're like, okay, if you want this plea deal, you need to tell us the truth. So he finally did um, tell them where they could find her. And on October 8, 2009, Kathy was found near Texas 121 in Fish Hatchery Road, um, which anyone who doesn't live in this area doesn't know, but it's basically half of the road on the west side of the road it's all like trees and swampy area mm. okay so and i'll post a picture of it so y'all on um, our facebook and instagram's page so y'all can see what it looks like but it's a very heavily wooded swampy area so it would be almost impossible for someone to find the body unless you knew where to So, um, she was found, and she was shot with a thirty-two caliber handgun. They did find that gun hidden in Leroy's house. So, that was, you know, pretty much the last ev evidence they needed. And he admitted that he shot her in the back of the head because she, because he basically said, oh, I love you, I want to be with you forever. She said, no, that's gross. I don't know if she said that. That's what I would say. <laughs> oh, wait till you see a picture of this man. No, wait till you see a picture. Oh. And so she said no. She rejected him. And so he took out his handgun and shot her in the back of the head in his truck. That sounds like a man who's gotten a lot of rejection and that kind of broke the, the straw for him. Broke the... But what made her be the, like, the target in this one? Because you said he did it this a lot of times with other women so like what made her him get to that point where he wanted to murder her i think because they had been friends for so long and her husband did say you know she really saw him as a father figure he reminded her of her dad and so i think it's because of the time frame like they had been essentially friends for five years so i think it's just you know, he kept telling these lies, and she just kept falling for it. And then I guess somewhere in his twisted head, thought, oh, well, we can have a future together. 
So I think that people can also see things through a different perception. And maybe he, in his own mind, was feeling let on, like she spent all that time with him. So in his mind, he took it one way. That's not at all what it actually was, but his reality was pretty warped. Yeah, that's true. I'm sure she also told him, though, like, oh, you know, you remind me of my dad and everything. And so, like, even if, like, he was hoping for something like that, like, no, she said you reminded him of her dad. Like, that wouldn't have even crossed her mind. Right. Yeah. Um, So he so he got sentenced to 15 years and it was basically the trial was he signed this he agreed to this plea deal and then her family came in and gave witness statements and they basically i think her husband said called him he said he wasn't even a man he was a shell of a person um her daughter one of her daughters said well, the depths of hell are waiting for you, um, and stuff like that. And his lawyer said that he expressed remorse for doing it. And I just wonder, like, with going back to that whole Freemason thing about a relationship with God, like, was that where the remorse was coming from, or was he just full of shit and said that so he could get a lighter sentence? Yeah. I mean, honestly, with him, who knows? Because obviously, he's like a a pathological liar. Yes, very much so. So you don't even know what he's saying is true or not. If he really is remorseful, I I, mean, I don't see a, there's a way for us to fully know for sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um. Well, fortunately, I shouldn't say this. I'll be going to the depths of hell. But fortunately. Uh, Leroy died on July 17th, 2011, and he did die in prison. Okay. So it didn't, I could not find um, a cause of death. I'm assuming probably old age or something. Um, but he only lasted two years in prison. That's unfortunate. <laughs> so that's longer than what I would last. <laughs> yeah. Um, but are you ready for. <laughs> This is Kristen. I told you before that I couldn't wait to tell you one part because I knew I was going to get a reaction out of you. Okay. So are you ready for uh, that? Yeah. I thought the reaction part was the where it was at. No. Oh, no. Okay. This is so, good. Okay, go for it. So he dies in 2011. It turns out that he actually had a career in the Air Force during uh, Korea, the Korean War. So mm-hmm. he has buried in the Dallas-Fort Worth National Cemetery with other soldiers. What? What? Shouldn't that be revoked no, because he murdered was... an innocent? Yeah. So, <laughs> regardless of what you do with the rest of your life, you, if you're a veteran, then that just, I mean, like, you, I don't know. I have no words for that, honestly. I'm shocked. Well, and that's what I thought, too. I saw it, and I was like, that's not, like, you know, a national, national summit. So I had to look it up and I had to double check, check like three times because I was like, there's no way. So then I was looking for pictures and it gives you like the exact plot number where the grave is and stuff like that. But yeah, it's at the national cemetery. I'm assuming. Wow. Which, yeah, like you guys said, like, I'm sorry. Thank you for your service. 
but you killed someone, so you don't get to be there. Yeah. So yeah, as soon as you can commit such a crime like that, you should have those rights revoked to be buried in such an honorable place. Yeah, because not like it was a I killed someone in self defense. Like you murdered a woman because she didn't want to be with you in the back of her head. Like that tells me she was maybe turning to get out of the car or something. You shot her in the back. Oh yeah, like he yeah, like he like she was saying no when she was trying to leave. That's yeah, like if you're gonna shoot me, I want you looking me in the eye. Yeah, when very cowardly way of doing it. Yes. So, I mean, I don't know. It said um, he didn't have any, like, he just said he was honorably discharged. And it was a Korean War, but, you know, when you think about what people did, but my grandpa was in the Korean War. And by in the Korean War, I mean that he was enlisted at that time. Like, he was a cook. In the army. And I don't know that he actually ever was in Korea. He was stationed in like Japan and those places. But he was not in danger. Like he was gallivanting around in Japan and Germany. So like. I guess he, I mean he could have still been in danger. Like what was that? The movie Pearl Harbor. Like where it showed. Even, like, the cooks, like, when the ships were... Well, he wasn't near the action. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't near. But, well, I don't still, know. He, maybe he could have been. He... <laughs> okay. You're gonna give your grandfather credit for being in the war. He was. Yes, he was okay. technically in the war, and my grandparents got married, and, like, I think within a week, he was shipped off, and... Well, that's sad. So, um, but anyway, so... Yeah, when I saw where this guy was buried, that I just wonder what other families think whose soldiers are buried there. Mm-hmm. Like, if they knew, what would they think about it? Yeah. I I mean, personally, I wouldn't. I would not like that. I swear, sure, like if I if my loved one was buried next to him, like a murderer, like no, I, I, that doesn't sit well with me. I wonder if being in the war caused him to have some kind of psychological problems, which is why he was always chasing after those women and making advances. I think, I don't know, I think he was just a crazy old man at this point. But, I don't know. I mean, he was a bus monitor. So he was on on the school bus with kids every day. Children. So, I don't know. So, not a very long case. There wasn't a whole lot of information about it, but with the proximity of it, I did want to did that. Did he ever show any signs of, like, violence or anything before this? I could not find anything about that. Um, he did have some charges on, of, like, fraudulent checks and um, something about cutting corners. Like, you know how business will cut corners to, so they can make more money. Um, but that was it. There was no, there were no violent convictions on there. Just most of it was, like, money issues. Mm. So, yeah, it was 
weird. And I, like I said, I couldn't find anything about that whole marriage thing. Is there, like, is there photos of this woman? Like, did she exist or was this made up by him? No. The, the marriage? No, oh, there um, are, yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I want to be surprised. <laughs> um, no, there were uh, records of of her birth. Like, I saw her birth certificate and her birth records and stuff like that. Um, and the marriage license between them when they got married in 76. So she did. She did exist, um, or does? She's still, she's still alive. Go ask her. She is being held captive. Go knock on her door, Andy. Go do it. <laughs> you know what? I'll wait till you come with me. Oh, I'll go with you for sure. I'm gonna record to my, my Facebook live it. <laughs> that way, if something happens to us, people can come fight us. <laughs> now, the other wife that he was married to, it. There's, I know you said there's no records of their marriage, but is there records of her actually existing? No, I couldn't find. There was a thing about her death and residence, but see, that's where it was all, like, sketchy. Like, she was a real person, and they were connected. And she actually had, I think, one kid from a previous marriage or relationship. Um, Leroy never had kids, but... There just wasn't a lot of information. Like, I couldn't find any detailed death records or anything like that as far as her cause of death. Um, it's interesting. It is. It was really, really difficult to find stuff. So, that was a uh, a crazy one to look at. And this happened, Kristen, I don't know if you remember, I think maybe a year or two before... Remember the Coppell mayor when she killed her daughter and then she killed herself? No. Oh. <laughs> I lived up here for like three years, three and a half years. When did this happen? Oh, it must have been right before. It was like 2011, I think. What? Yeah. What? The mayor. So, listeners at home, if you do a search of the Coppell, Texas mayor, she did, um, yeah, she had her da- daughter at her house, and she shot her daughter and then shot herself. Oh, my gosh. That is extremely tragic. It that was is. just, like, I remember that. I do remember that on the news. I don't remember this one with Kathy on it. So, But they were right around the same time. I think the one with the mayor was just, like I said, a year or two after. So maybe I did hear about this one, and I don't remember because the other one overshadowed since it was the same area and since it was a, the mayor like it probably did overshadow yeah this wow. one that's true so yeah so that's what i got um for that one kind of shorter than what we usually do but i thought it was interesting wow. it is really interesting and i, I still find the whole uh, it very interesting that there's not really much information about his second wife and everything. That's um, what bothered me, and that's what took me so long. That's part of why I didn't have a second case ready to record a second episode, because I just almost got into, like, this rabbit hole of, like, clicking on these different people on these background searches, and then I went into Ancestry.com, because I have an account there, and was searching and clicking and 
but ultimately do, I came up short. Do we know how she died? No, I couldn't find any. Well, in Texas, you have to be a relative to get any kind of death certificate. So I know there was not an autopsy performed because that is public record. But you have to have, basically say you're a relative or have a notarized letter from a relative saying that you can have a copy or see a copy of the death certificate. Because mm. I looked at his, I wanted to see his cause of death to see if it was like old age or I don't know, maybe someone shanked him or something. Shanked him, I'm thinking shanked him. I hope so. I hope that's what it was. Um, but yeah. Well, maybe I, when you go uh, interview Sharon, she can give you some more details. Girl, there you uh, go. Girl, <laughs> I'm like, come down here and you can go interview Sharon. <laughs> Lord. So, yeah, Texas is a little bit hard to get some public records. Um, if you don't know the right people or have the right qualifications. Yeah. As we know, Kristen, right? From the email you got. <laughs> As we know. It just so, sends you mean, mean things through the mail. So, um, anyway, we'll go ahead and wrap it up for this episode so that Kristen can get to her school projects. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, it was so much fun. Yeah, thank you so much for asking me. I, I, I never dreamed of being a guest on a host before, so this was an incredible experience. Well, you will have to come back. Um, yes, we'll you definitely will. do a recording when Kristen and I come for spring break. Oh, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> I, would, I would love to be on uh, again as a, as a guest. Yeah, we'll it. be in your living room. It'll Maybe. be coming live from your living room. <laughs> right? Backstage oh, yeah. at Disney. <laughs> Could you get us backstage? <laughs> we'll talk after the okay. podcast. <laughs> recording, Angie. I can't let the secrets out. <laughs> Did you hear how excited I got, though? So, all right. Well, thank you again, ladies. I hope everyone out there has a very happy holiday season, whatever you happen to celebrate. And we will talk to you in a week or two depending on how our holidays go right Kristen that's right so all right well thank you again everybody thank you for listening ladies would you like to say bye bye everybody bye everybody have a good happy holidays